You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Lust for Life with Mad Dog Mattern. I got on the train. I was listening to the podcast. They brought up Joe Hayes. You ever see him on Dean Martin roast? He did one. Was he good? He wasn't bad. You could tell he didn't write his own jokes. They of course, kind of gave him cards right before he went up. <laughs> Dude, he wasn't bad. He was on Crowd Goes Wild, and I went nuts. That's when I was still rotating and the crowd with went Ryan. Wild. Yeah, because Ryan would get some. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan got Mike Tyson one day, and I was and I wasn't there. I'm so upset I wasn't there for Mike Tyson. But then I got Joe Namath, and I go good because God bless Ryan. He wouldn't appreciate that. Yeah. He'd be like, "Who's this guy? Can he help me get an NBC show?" <laughs> Come on, baby. All right, we're rolling. Yeah. Look, that's what we call. That's not a cold open. That's like a just hot. Like, that's a hot. <laughs> open. No one knew it was coming. Open. That was a behind the back pass. Eighty-seven. <laughs> Celtics Lakers. With a deke. That's right, yeah. Bubbles. James Madden here. This little show we call Lust for Life. We are uh, America's number one podcast, voted on by Canadians. Australians worship us. New Zealanders no longer ignore us. I I was reading comments last night on SoundCloud. Someone's like, I'm from New Zealand. We don't ignore you. Thank you for getting the irony. Sorry, hard (laughs) listener. Costa Ricans want us to become president, the whole show. And Antarctica doesn't even know we exist because I think there's no one there but a penguin named Ugug. Okay, so I think there are people there. Really? But it's no not a natives. continent. It's not a continent, right? There's no land. It, it's just ice. No, I think it is. There's the land Arctic. underneath the ice. I'm saying yes. It's definitely a continent, right? One of the one of the. Seven. I don't think it's one. Antarctica is one of the continents, but not the Arctic Circle. Oh, I thought you said Antarctica. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Antarctica is. No, the Arctic's not a continent. You could never get me to Antarctica. Too far low. I would love to go. No, man. Have you, you ever seen John Carpenter's The Thing, the original? Nope. I would never fucking go there. Scared that monster would get in my head. Replicate me. And then kill poor Keith David. I don't need that, dog. No one knows what I'm talking about. I'm just doing references. It's okay. Gomez gets the rep. All right, let's right. introduce everyone. Then we'll just get to it. All right? And just so everyone knows, um, this is a show about being left to the dial, being who you are. And that's it. All right? And a year ago, we started this show, Benji and I. We didn't want to talk comedy. We barely have. And that's great. We did a good job. We did a good job. Our basis was trying to be like Vice. I think we accomplished it a couple times. I think we're trying to get back into that... That venue here, and, and uh, I think yeah. this episode's going to be that. We don't have a, any guests sitting in, third mic guest uh, who's a comedian. That's great. That makes us feel good inside. Like we're trying to get to the bottom of shit. Right. Like Robert Stack with Unsolved Mysteries. That's what we're trying to do here. <laughs> That's us. That, you goddamn right. I'm looking at my right hand, the hand of the king. He is Benji Suswan, also known as a sweet, sweet, sweet wine, baby. Boom, boom. Great to be here. Hair's still looking great. I, I cut it. It's, a little bit. But it's still, your hair is such a wild river that after you cut it, it still goes, I'm just going to pop out more now, overcompensate. You, <laughs> you are the river that uh, doesn't know where it's going that Bruce Springsteen was singing about in Hungry Heart. That's what I went to the barbershop. I go, give me the river that Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> give me the Hungry Heart haircut. I want that look. <laughs> okay, boy. Uh, to me, good barbers always say boy. Boy? Yeah. I okay, never boy. had a good, I feel like barbers you're supposed to have like a real relationship with. I never yes. had like a good talk with a barber. What kind of barber did you go to, if you don't mind me asking? Just a uh, generic just a white? Local. No, he's something not white. I can't figure it out. Real quick, and then we'll get, we'll get in, we'll, we'll introduce everyone else. 
I have this theory. I don't like plain white barbers or haircutters. They always, they're boring. They're corny to me. They say the same things. They always, it's constantly, what do you think of the weather? Right, exactly. And, and if you're waiting 30 minutes, trying to read this the happened, magazine. This happened to me once. I'm, yeah. I'm leaving and he goes, oh, by the way, are you Jewish? I was like, yeah, how'd you know? He goes, oh, your face. Well, that's a nice thing to say. <laughs> that's like, good. I'll see you next month, I guess. <laughs> did you go back to him? Yeah, I did. Did you tip him good? It was cheap. Like, he, that's how he knew I was Jewish, maybe. But you didn't I tip him go good? to the cheap place. No, I do. I do. I tip him. You got to tip him. You got to. Yeah, I tip him. I just get sick of, yeah, waiting the whole time and hearing them ask people about the weather, giving you the same jokes that yeah. you already heard them do the last two people. I only like black barbers, Spanish barbers, and Italian barbers. Never had a black barber. Outstanding. Yeah. Always, always a party going on. Always conversation. They, they'll involve you whether it's your first time there or your 500th time there. Act like you know everyone they're talking about. You know Keisha, right? I don't know who the fuck she is, but just please just take care of my hair. And it's fun and it's great and there's cursing and people just... It's politics. I feel like it's a hang. It's a hang. It's you don't leave afterwards. You don't want to leave. Right. It's politics, but it always ties back to some big old ass. It's wonderful, all right? And that's what I like about it. Spanish barbers are fun because it's... I'm telling you, there's no bullshit. I went to the same Spanish barber for two years, and these cats were amazing. They have a phone in their hand, an earpiece in the other. It's almost <laughs> like they're two different conversations, and somehow still cutting your hair while yelling to everyone in every other chair. And you don't, because I'm a gringo, and I only know like four words of Spanish, because I didn't you know, think I was Spanish in high school, and then I found out I wasn't, but whatever, that's another story. We still have to take the test. Um, they're just, and then they're flamboyant with the, up, 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 and they just start hit, yeah, they just use, you guys can't see this at home, but they, they just take the, the shear, what's that thing called? The, the buzzer? Yeah. The buzzer. That's not the, t the hoof. <laughs> and they just, they go at you, and, and that's just insane to me, and somehow it's perfect. And then I like wow. Italian barbers. I grew up with an Italian barber. They're great, but they need to be like true Italian. I don't need you off the boat, but I need you like one generation off, and right. I need like a DiMaggio or right. Frank Sinatra, Frankie Valli picture on the wall. I don't need a Mussolini picture. That's too <laughs> Italian. That's a little too much for me. But those it. Plain white people, blech. Yeah, no, I'm still looking for my... I, I, I hop around now in the city. Try to find my home. You should my home treat barber. yourself. You just go find nah, it. Let's I don't care. Together I don't care. I'll do that. Let's go. Let's just go take the six train. Get Or go to the Bronx. Right, get off at Haircut Street. Haircut Street, right next to Yankee Stadium. We'll get a haircut. Oh, that's Bronx, yeah. Yeah, let's go boogie down. Get a haircut. We should go to a ball game, by the way, speaking of Yankees. Oh, we should, man. We should. I was... I, Look, people, this is coming out Tuesday. Uh, we recorded on Thursday. Wednesday night, I had a gig in Philly with my boy Shuley. And as we're up there, we were looking at each other. He's a diehard Liverpool fan, and I'm a Manchester City fan. And they played each other in Yankee Stadium, packed house. And we're like, why are we not there? Wow. Why are we going to hear um, jokes from 20 years ago in front of us? <laughs> no offense. I mean, look, you can't. I don't know who I was talking about. Okay, let's get to people. Coming back for the second time, technically our third seat now. All right, you're in the... Third position. Promotion. You got promoted. It's my home girl, Lydia, baby. What up? Hey, thanks for having me back. Anytime, Lydia. Glad to be here. It was amazing. Unfortunately, the audio came out a little weird initially, but now people are hearing yep. the episode as we speak, and we're changing lives. Feminism. I changing so. the world. Yeah. In How, Canada, at least. Well, at least, And that's what's important, <laughs> because guess where Canada stretches up to? Arctic Circle. We um, don't leave those fucking po uh, polar bears alone, baby. <laughs> we're there for them. Are you okay with how we described you? Like... As, as a feminist that like I don't know how to describe, like the cool feminist 
And I guess that implies that a lot of feminists aren't cool, and that probably sounds masochistic or uh, sexist, which is defeats the whole purpose. Masochistic? Yeah. yeah. I make up words. <laughs> yeah. I'm a journalist sounds in the like greatest dinosaur or yeah, something. Yeah. I liked diabetes yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I stole that from, from our dear friend Chrissy D, my little brother. Right. He says yeah. diabetes, and... I think I probably have diabetes, so I say diabetes. Well, take the te- the genetic test. Yeah, you should do that. The genetic test. There's too many tests to take. I do have Obamacare, but I just I'm too lazy, too busy doing podcasts, sports right. videos. No one's watching. All you got to do is spit into a little thing. <laughs> well, I've been told about that away. before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm cool with the title, cool feminist. Sure. Because you get it. Yeah. There's just so many over the tops. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about it actually after I left. You know, it's. I guess it would be how you guys would feel about like Dane Cook or somebody like that. You know, he calls himself, he technically does the same thing y'all do, but you don't really identify as being in the same, That's why you in rock the same so groove, hard. right? So I don't identify with every... But I get why he's popular, you know what I'm saying? Sure. I defend him on that. I, mean, I, he gets I get, I get why some people actively hate men. Right. And that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. Look, we're horrible people. Yeah. I'm totally irrational. I totally do terrible things at times. I'm trying to be the shepherd, Ringo. I try very hard. But I'll occasionally not text the girl I'm seeing for a day just because I didn't like one thing she said. It happens. I'll admit it. But girls sure. do that also. Girls do it too. Sure. Never to me, but no. <laughs> too many times it count, baby. <laughs> too many times. I'm tearing up. But we are horrible people. So I get it. But man, we're all in this together, man. We got to tread water together. Absolutely. You know? If not, the boat sinks. Do you want the boat to sink? Maybe our Is that the expression? Tread water or else the boat sinks? I think I just have it. Look, I'm just What's a hole this in scenario? your scenario? <laughs> All right, let me just break this down. This is once again an early podcast. Now, I know it's 1 p.m. when we're recording, but I could not sleep. I got back from Philly late because traffic's horrible. And then I had to watch at least 15 more minutes of Game of Thrones. That got me fired up. Had to get a bagel at 4 in the morning. Too much going on. Are uh, you watching the end of the season that was... I'm rewatching the whole season. I'm oh, almost yeah. done with the fourth season again, and I'm already wondering what am I going to w- binge on after because I need something. And I'm thinking of restarting House of Cards, but I watched the, rewatched a couple episodes and it's just like, all right, I get it. He's crooked. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. It's fun. It's kind of popcorny. You seen Orange Is the New Black? All right, so I got really into it last summer. I got into it, uh, and then I w- was binging through it so quick with the two episodes left. I go, I don't want to be done with it yeah so i waited mm. then the new season comes out noble. yeah I went you're to like watch. blue balling yourself there. i blue ball i purposely <laughs> i'm just using my chi that's what i'm doing i'm using tantric netflix watching to delay the pleasure yeah sting <laughs> would be very proud of me um so i then went back to watch these episodes to catch up and it did nothing for me yeah mm. i think that's not a good move you got to ride the wave if mm. you're feeling it and now I'm, i think i'm done with the show and the girl I'm, I'm i'm seeing or whatever um she's obsessed with it talks about it all the time you haven't seen the new season i know because i still can't get past episode 12 or 13. i tried it watching end, it and now it, i'm like i think i'm done with it it ends pretty well and the new season's pretty excellent as a feminist do you, do you appreciate the show? Do you want them to change? I haven't seen it, so I don't really have. I do. I mean, I, I'm not sure it has an overt feminist message, right. but it shows um, multiple realities and narratives of different women, which is quite rare for mm-hmm. a show to kind of highlight that, you know. Yeah, for sure. And this season, they really explored different like characters and their background and stuff, and yeah, I appreciate it. See, that's one of the reasons last episode when I said, "Ladies, you're having your moment." I mean, this is a big deal. This show is getting such buzz. Yeah. 
and, and there's a trans woman on the show which is huge she, she's an incredible actress she's great yeah and but it's she herself is or her character is she's an incredible actress no but is she trans or the character on the show both oh wow yeah that's great it's a double dip my friend and I, i'm telling you straight up that is correct double dip <laughs> it's not like fall on the boat and spread the water whatever i said before which is clearly wrong because i can't remember it that's right gomez i can't wait to bring you give me two more minutes gomez i'm getting you in here um but this is the moment man and like women are dominating the music i mean it's like like everything like i think and i'm excited i'm not just doing it to kiss ass you know what i'm saying but i I think it's a special time. You could get a president in a couple years. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, you've got to feel like you've made a headway. I don't know. There's still a lot of resistance. There always still is, will. right? Yeah. Any, any advancement, there's going to be resistance. So, yeah. But yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. There's. I mean, even in 50 years when everyone's mind's completely open because you're going to get less you and less. You said 50 years? I'd say 50 years. I'd say, well, I'll say this. In 50 years, everyone. What's that, two generations, three generations almost by that point? You're going to have less and less old school thinking oh, and yeah. being raised. Mm -hmm. At the same time, sorry to cut you off. No, it's okay, baby. Girl. Um, there's this interesting thing going on too, which is like what we call ordinary sexism. There's also ordinary racism or everyday sexism. Yes. So like the more that, especially in the U.S., right, the more people become sensitized to these inequalities and become PC and sensitive to the fact that they can't say overtly old school sexist things, the more it gets sort of implicit and um, and subtle and, uh, you know. Like what? Like what are some of the subtles? Like. This, um, is, this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. Right, so okay, so this happened to me recently. So I was in at and in Harlem. Okay. And this guy followed in. Next a, to the barbershop. Right. <laughs> yeah. We were waving at you. <laughs> And this guy followed a girl, like he was following a girl on the street and followed her into the store. And she just walked to the back of the store and he was kind of hollering at her a little bit. And he was like, don't worry, baby, I'll wait for you here, whatever. And everybody in the store looked up and he immediately noticed me and was like, oh, you too, you're very beautiful, you know, whatever, whatever. And of course, nobody did anything or intervened at all. And, uh, and then he said, are you with somebody special today? And I just sort of nodded and gave him a disgusted look, you know, to get rid of him. And, um, and then finally he started hollering and saying i won't leave until manager comes out and tells me to leave and this, for real yeah and this must be because i'm Jeez. black you're asking me to leave my family uses telephones whatever oh, what whatever a, what a nice little crutch <laughs> to use when right. you're being right. but here's creep. the here's the thing there there's two things that really upset me about it so Are then you kidding me then he then he came and he apologized to my man he did not mean to offend my man so he didn't apologize to me right. for harassing I didn't have a man. No, it was the some the imaginary someone oh, special he horrible. asked me about. But he like he, your property. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wanted to apologize to this imaginary man because you know how dare he not know that I belong to somebody already. But no apology for having harassed me, or you know. Anyway, and the second thing that bothers me about that is that he there's the implication like racism exists but sexism doesn't, right? Because he would get kicked out for. For being black, but he wouldn't get kicked out because he's being a sexist. Disrespectful dick. to a woman. Yeah. You don't think he would get kicked out for being sexist? No, I'm just saying that's what he was. That's, oh, that's the idea he was, he was putting yeah, forward, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's just like what, totally blind to yeah. what was going on. You know? Yeah. Well, he's going to be more sensitive to that because that's his life. I think the people are always like, well, this is what I yeah, experienced, yeah. so this is the problem. Yeah. And they're not really aware yeah. of other. Yeah. And the thing about privilege, right, is that we. Like, Privilege gives us the comfort of not knowing right. um, other people's whatever. So white people have the privilege of feeling like we don't have a race, you know. 
and men go have the privilege of feeling like we they don't have a gender um, when they do anyway. But so that would be an example of ordinary sexism. You know, something that's right. sort of um, that's and that is accepted a lot. Yeah, it happens all, all the time. Especially in New York City. Hollering's weird. I never was a hollower. Never. I'm gonna admit this. I see a hot chick. I do. I stare as much as anyone, probably even more. And I've been caught many times. But I, I'm not gonna whistle. I'll make eye contact if you give it back. That's cool. Yeah. But um, is that is that sexist to like if you see someone who you're attracted to to stare at them? Not just, stare at them, but to, if they catch you looking. If you catch me looking, I'm gonna turn. It's such a fine line. Unless I mean, no, everyone's gonna naturally look lie. at somebody you find attractive, right? right? Yes. I mean, because ultimately, it's a compliment, and most probably that person put themselves together so they appear attractive. Yeah, I would say it's a very fine line. If you're leering, if you're looking in a way that right. makes that person feel uncomfortable or creep it on violated the or no whatever, good, right? yeah, creep it on the train is but no I, good. So I actually wrote no, my master's thesis that. about street harassment, so I'm very um, oh, wow. sensitive about this issue. Wow, but yeah. well, it's great to. I think if you don't make a noise or like yell at them, that should be okay. Sometimes <laughs> it's very bothersome to be stared at though. And right. you can no, feel very that. violated and uncomfortable and you just want, you know, sometimes we just want to be anonymous as well, women, you know? No, I get that. But let me ask this question. And then I got, but st- real quick, to the right of me is my main dude, Steve Gomez. Went to school with this guy from Vegas, lives in Seattle, in town hey. for a week. What's up? That's, that's a good opening intro. I like it. <laughs> uh, we're going to... He's going to mix in with us. We're also going to have you guys ask questions about growing up with me. Because I yep. know that's something Benji's always wanted. So this is going to be some feminism, some general talk, well, and some getting to know like the kid. On this podcast, we're going through some like changes for you, some yes. identity stuff. So it's good to bring back the, the, the high school great. friend. Isn't this great? Ask some questions. And college. Don't forget the college. College. Yeah. This is Saved by the Bell. We went past high school. <laughs> exactly. I didn't watch that. And 90210. Yes, right. they went past it too. And we're going to open up a pizza parlor, too. That's what we're... Didn't they open a pizza? Oh, that was a real world. All right. <laughs> Gomez, do you creep a lot? Do you see... If, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw you right into the fire. How creepy yeah. are you? Let's get to oh. it. <laughs> do you stay... Like, Seattle, public... Tra- there's no public transportation. They right? have they have a bus system. They're working on trying to build a rail system. They they look at New York system, and they're like... I, nostalgic's not the word. They want, they want something like that. They're envious. But they're... Is it needed? It's needed, yeah. It, they finally reached the point. That's a city built for like 150,000 people surrounded by water. Mm. All of a sudden, the tech industry shows up, and now there's like 700,000. And Hold it's on. just packed. Traffic's probably some of the worst traffic you see outside of here. And uh, it's decades away. They're trying to build it now, but it's, it's a sad state. Guess who wanted to build a super train in Seattle 20-plus years ago? Yeah. The main character in the movie Singles. That's right, I'm bringing it up again. Oh, no. They called him crazy. They said people don't want to drink their coffee on a train with people playing acoustic guitar. Now look at them. Now people stuck in their cars, and there's no Sonics games to get to. There's no Uh, Sonics games. No Sonics, and they're still pissed. Durant's in Oklahoma. Uh It's a bunch of bullshit. This just uh, popped in my head. I don't know why I talked about other cities. But I saw an article about how much money you need to make in every city that beyond that point, it doesn't increase your happiness. So like, if you make X Mm -hmm. amount... Then you can live, be fine in that city, and go on vacation and have like a a, a pretty good life. So it's very interesting. New York obviously is super high. Yeah. You need to be making you know yeah. well into six figures to have like beyond that point. You're really not any happier. Yeah. But you don't have those those little worries. And to see huh. some of these please places in America, it's really half of what you make in in New York. And if you're in Mississippi, it's like yeah, make sixty five thousand and you're you're totally fine. Beyond that point, yeah. the money's not making you any happier. 
That's so interesting. Yeah. I wonder what Seattle is because you're saying it, maybe oh, yeah. it's going up now. With it is. It's now getting real expensive. Amazon yeah. just built a new campus right in the middle of town, and now you got all these kids coming out of college that are getting paid eighty grand a year. Eighty grand? No, sh- no kidding. Eighty grand, hundred grand, and it's just like blowing up the economy. It's getting expensive. When I hear that, I'm Dang. just like tax the shit out of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my no god, out of college. How? This is something I'm faced with now. Uh-huh. How long am I going to stay happy? At uh, at basically lower class, like, but I feel I'm rich. Like when I get a score, boom. like when I get a warm up job, boom, I'm rich. So I'm buying drinks. I'll get a lobster roll. <laughs> I don't give a damn. I'm getting cabs, and that's still money that most people would jump out of windows for, yeah. right? And I have nothing concrete. I have a couple things pending right now. Benji knows what I'm talking I about, baby. About. I don't know what the dollars and cents are on those, but doesn't it's like, matter. I'm already they're, spending. They're not gonna make you happy. They're not. But I'm already okay. Like, I've already won. Gomez knows it. I was a mook from Vegas. Oh. No tooth in the head. I was missing teeth. People were clowning me. Couldn't get women to look at me. It was crazy. Brilliant. Now look at me. I'm wearing Joe Namath jerseys. I got Canada's favorite American podcast. Does that mean you're doing better? I'm, I've already won. But the question is, how long can I stay happy in this position? Now, I'm 36, and I'm doing all right. Now we'll get to 46, and I'm still emceeing every night in the clubs, some road gigs here and there, a few carrots getting dangled, carrots out there. Oh, this is some good thing. But those carrots are going to get less probably as I get in my 40s unless I uh, double my push-ups. I got to start doubling the push-ups, keep looking young. And um, who knows? Like, is is making this, I don't want to disclose what money I make in a year, but let's just say it's... uh, Definitely, Jordan Belfrate made more in a week, probably, in, in the heyday of uh, Stratton Oakmont. That's a Wolf of Wall Street reference. And, because um, I know Benji hasn't seen it. You're just staring at God damn, how did we last this long together with you only getting 2% of my references? <laughs> this is the hand of the king. What the hell's going on? He doesn't even get that reference. Let's watch Game of Thrones. Whatever. Now I get it. Now you got it. Because I said it for 12 weeks. But yeah. all right. Um, but at what point does that not become enough? Like, at one point, am I going to want to fit in with the rest of the world and maybe have a family. Mm. And I will probably need to make more money. Do you think money. about that now? I'm starting to. Mm. I did for years. I wanted to be a value You want bond. kids? I definitely do. I think that's the moment, right? When you want to have more. That's it, I guess. More security. I go back home now. Gomez, a lot of our, our people's got kids. Wives, kids, houses, everything. everything. Yeah. You go in the back. Oh, my God. We take it for granted living in New York City. Backyards are nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. Holy shit. It's yeah. a barbecue? Come over, yeah. Sunday. Pool party? <laughs> Cookouts? I would love it, man. Something green. I would like, yes. <laughs> Give me one tree to look at. <laughs> now, do you think some of those people are looking at you doing the same thing? Wow, I, I wish I had freedom and independence and doing what I love and hanging out. And Yes. And in the last month or two since I uh, rekindled this thing with this lady, and I'm just chilling with her. There's disappointment in some of my people back home that I'm not out for losing around. And they live vicariously through me as they're uh-huh. getting married and finding this happiness mm. that I, for years, thought I'd never find. These cats are like, so what happened on the road? Oh, and then you did what with who? And all oh my. They are like, I'm Motley Crue to them. It's right. the grass is greener thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now it's like, well, shit, man, that's cool. So, how do we get people happy with what they have? Well, do you feel like um, a rich man in in love and? Uh... In a lot of ways, I still feel um, there's a lot more to accomplish, yeah. and there's a lot more hard work to do. But that's good. If you didn't have that, you'd be bored as shit, right? I'd be bored. Yeah. 
like uh, like Benji's mentioned in the last the last three months, I it's basically been the end of a Godfather movie for me. I have been killing off everything that's been getting in the family's business in the way. All right, getting rid of the hat, stupid nickname that I had for you. I still love the nickname. It's on my it's arm. Not stupid. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, but using it professionally wasn't the best. Um, I parted ways with my old management, and that's uh, probably should have done that a little sooner. <laughs> I don't think he'll start listening now. He never listened before, so <laughs> if you did, sorry, buddy. That's what you got to do. I'll hug you next time. And uh, I just took, I mean, it's, I'm making these steps to making sure I'm happy later. But there's no guarantee, yeah. and that's the thing. Yeah. But I feel good. Do you feel grateful? Yes, I could be in worse shape. Well, so all, there's all this research showing that's the one element yeah, that decides sure. is the deciding factor between people's happiness or not. And when they do these experiments, they make people like come in and talk about somebody who they're grateful for yes. or an experience and then write them a letter and call them. And making somebody aware of what they have and expressing it like um, raises their satisfaction and yeah, their happiness in the moment and on long term. Being gra- having gratitude. Yeah. You gotta have gratitude. Yeah. There's always to. worse. Here's a, I look at it like this, man. All right, I'm gonna sound like a hippie, but whatever. I believe that if you die and you see your whole life flash in front of you, which people said happens, whatever, and you had a little button, two buttons, one in each hand, one represents good and one represents bad to you. It'd be so close to 50-50 or if you have a third one for an indifferent, like, all right, that was just an average whatever experience. It would be so close to the middle with maybe someone who had a tough, horrible life slightly a little more that way or more big things that way. But life is basically a balance. It's, it really mm-hmm. does. That's what karma is. Yeah. And the, you have to appreciate the bad to really uh, enjoy the good. Yeah. I've always said that. That's the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you woke up tomorrow... And you had six zeros in your bank account with a with a number in front of it, baby. <laughs> and they were feeding you lobster for breakfast. For breakfast. Think about how decadent that shit is. For breakfast, son. And like like a, in a cereal bowl and you don't have milk, you have that butter. And that's what you're eating it at, right? <laughs> that's some decadence. And you got uh, a harem of good-looking people, whatever your orientation is. So I'll just leave it like that. So a mm-hmm. bunch of tens are there for you. And they're just, they do whatever you want. And it's great. And in your living room, the Beatles were reunited, including the dead ones. Yoko is nowhere to be found. <laughs> and they play your requests. If you want to hear Wild Honey Pie 52 times in a row, they'll do it! Okay? That means you're crazy if you want to hear that song. And it would be the greatest day of your life. But 30 days later, the same thing. You would want to yeah. be broke. You would want yeah. to eat something that's stale yeah. or spoiled. You would want to bang something with stretch marks. And you would want, like, new kids on the block... Uh, without uh, any Wahlbergs around in, playing in your living room because you need the bad to remind you how good the good is. So, I mean, yeah. that's something I've always believed. I think that's right. That's it. Absolutely. And people get so carried away with consumption. There was that um, famous billionaire, multi-billionaire, I don't know if he was a Rockefeller or who he was, who was so bored with, I mean, you know, he had access to everything and he'd done everything that he paid to go live in the Amazon with like nothing but an ax or something and just feel what something else right. felt yes. like because he'd so desensitized to it. Yeah, you see these millionaires, and we all want to be them, and they're jumping out of fucking planes. You're like, why would you risk it? Because they're bored, man. Because they're staring at paper all the time. They need something to feel like a human. Yeah, Yeah, I just uh, read Philip Seymour Hoffman didn't have a trust fund for his children. 
He's not going to like leave them all oh, his just yeah. boatload of money, which I kind of like because I feel like then they're it's kind of this entitled. They're going to be detached their whole lives from, you know, being human and and you know earning something and struggling and sweating and achieving things. Who do you leave his money to? I don't know. I didn't get that far. To Steve Gomez. <laughs> that's why he can afford like to live man. in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> For now, at least. For now. But that's the thing too. I think also the bad things in life. They teach you a lot of lessons that make you a better person, that make you uh, question. help you enjoy your life a lot more when things are good. And it helps you also figure out the things that you want in life so that you can have a better life on top of that. Without, it, it's without a question. Like, like I said, I, I think I've discussed this slightly. I have this tattoo that's visible. Amor Fati, the love of fate. Uh, some people hate this thing. I love it, obviously, because I got a tattoo on my arm. But... I feel that we end up where we're supposed to. And if something bad happens to us, you learn from it. You know what I'm saying? I still think we have we control our destiny. Right. But I was supposed to be in a room with you guys right now, yeah. drinking this new energy drink that I can't even... Exines? I don't even know what it is. Exiance? I don't even know. But I'm supposed to be drinking with y'all. And if this goes bad... I'm supposed to learn from it so something like this doesn't happen again and it'll lead me to my next great step. Every experience has right. value. But I would yes. also say don't don't take it. That could also allow you to take a step back. Well, it's out of my control. It's supposed to happen. Yeah. Da, da, da. For instance, if you think that energy drink is not good for your health, then take control and be like, I don't want to drink this now. It's probably not. It's right? probably not yeah. good for you. Well, health. I will at one point, but let the first heart palpitation occur. <laughs> That's what you need, the kick in the ass? Just, I, I want to be like Red Fox in a Sanford and Son episode. I want to just start hit, pounding my chest and going, uh, I'm coming. What was the girl's name? No, oh, you guys are too young. Nah. Go, Gomez is my age. You didn't watch Sanford and Son? I didn't watch enough of it to remember. That was so long ago. <laughs> oh, you were fired. Okay. This is all, it's just, okay, no. Um, well, this it also reminds me, I was watching a TED Talk, and it was this, like, 13-year-old kid. It was a little obnoxious and over the top, but he made an interesting point, I thought, where if you ask uh, children what they want to be when they're older, they'll say doctors or astronauts or whatever, but you'll never hear a kid say, I want to be happy or I want to be healthy and I want, you know, a family. I think that's going to start changing. <clears throat> right. And just uh, I think that's a problem with the way we just educate in general. If we're trying to create human beings who are going to survive in society, we should be teaching them how to comprehend things, how to have an identity, how to deal with each other. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they'll they'll send them out to recess, a kid will get beat up or he'll lose a game and come in pissed and then they won't discuss this. Well, how do you deal with stuff when, you know, it doesn't go your way or when you get in a fight? It's just sit back down, we're studying capitals of all the states. You're like, come on, we have such a great opportunity for these kids at a young age to learn. There's so little emotional education. Yeah, Yeah. it's not even addressed at all, which is, you would think, the number one thing an education system should be focusing on. Well, I have a feeling that most teachers are going by the book. Right, because then because they're also like there's scores they have to hit, and yeah. if their kids don't pass this math, they get fired or blah blah blah. But I don't know if that leads to the most successful society in the long run. Yeah, it's great when the teachers are actual great leaders and uh, and speakers who can just right. You have to be a good ad libber to be a great teacher. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to <laughs> go, be able to bullshit a yeah, little bit. You do. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna go off the rails and go. All my favorite teachers went off the rails. Right. Yeah. yeah. You you teach also? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, do you do you feel that way? Oh that my god, yeah. And people you get a question asked and you don't know the answer okay. to and you have to figure out a way <laughs> to get out of it without, you know. Oh, all the time. And without yeah. letting them think you don't know, right? Yeah, Because then you lose the, the commanding control. respect. But then you want to keep a fine line where, right. like, you're also human and you want them to know that like it's you know, that you're accessible somehow. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I struggle with it a lot. And the like, I mean, this last semester I had uh, college freshmen. They're like, and in France they're even a year younger because they do three years for high school. They're 17. Oh, so wow. like 17, 18, 19 year olds, and it's impossible to deal with their emotional, you know, I mean, they're still, they're still very much teenagers at that age. Right. And they're still very much more interested in what's going on between them than what's the information that they're being learned. You know, they're, you can, and it's so transparent. You can tell right away at that age, like, okay, so he likes her and uh-huh. that's like the cool bad girl in the leather jacket who is making friends well, with the smart girl who is like too uptight, but you well, know. I love it. Oh yeah, right away. And so how do you appeal to that? It's really right. tough. Wow, you're watching a John Hughes movie. <laughs> <laughs> right I like to think of it as Dangerous Minds. You know, oh, <laughs> look at that. Now Gomez, you work at a school. But you don't I, teach, right? I don't teach. Uh, I work with research faculty. But um, some of my previous positions, because I've bounced around, uh, worked with, I've worked in a lot of departments where there were students coming in and out. And, yes. And, yeah, totally. And do you see a change in them in, in, in this? Oh, I you, hate to say, gener- I hate saying this generation. I really feel like I should be in a rocking chair <laughs> wearing a Satchel Page jersey. It's funny. You're what, close. <laughs> I am close. <laughs> It's funny what you say about being in a stage in your life where you're just like, what's next? Because you see these kids walk in and they're 18, 20 years of age and they've got this like wide-eyed enthusiasm Mm. of what they're going to be. And then there's just a stark difference between them and then like the grad students and the PhDs who have already been through the racket and they're just like, okay, I'm just doing my thing on my path towards my career in like speech and hearing or uh, research or whatever department I was in. And you just you see the contrast in years as they get into adulthood and they start to become jaded by the reality of, oh, I'm in the working world now and my existence isn't subsidized anymore and I've got to start making my own decisions. Yeah, that's uh, a scary... It's a harsh reality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is insane the minute I got done with college mm-hmm. and I'm still waiting tables and yeah. I'm getting a job as a writer and I'm getting paid like 20 bucks a store. I'm covering girls' high school soccer and... I look like a creep taking notes. With girl- like, <laughs> I, there's no business for me being there. And you realize there's got to be a better way. And then you end up putting down the pencil and, and stop typing because you realize it's all these hours for like 20 bucks. And um, I could just go wait tables and make them. You could make it at a lunch shift. Which sucks. Which is like forty bucks. You studied writing in college. I went. I was going to be a journalist. I was going to be a music critic, and um, I was decent at it, man. I mean, I remember you like I was all right with it, Uh, but I only had like at UNLV like two, three classes on actually no classes on criticism really. But I wrote (laughs) for the paper and stuff, and I also I get done and I don't feel confident in it Mm. because I'm like, wow, no one taught me how to be a good critic. Mm. I'm just basically reading spin articles before I write these things and going, okay, this is what Eric Weisbord wrote and uh, Chuck Klosterman so let's just do that uh, my version of it and you it's like that replacement song you graduate unskilled you kind of feel yeah. that you don't have the chops ready for the real world you're intimidated by it and next thing you know you're still stuck waiting tables mm-hmm. and then that lasts like 10 years till you go okay I'm just going to do comedy which is insane <laughs> are you going to give that up just to be a comedian to nickel and dime but it, I mean, I guess that's the dream, right? Yeah, but, a- but that you know, it's uh, I get it. You, we, everyone's and then, I didn't really. I paid for my own college. I didn't get loans. I could only imagine these people getting like sixty dollars yeah. in the hole, or sixty dollars, no, sixty <laughs> yeah. g in the hole, and then you're still stuck working retail yeah. or some shit like that. And 
those dollars are still being owed and your age is getting a little older and yep. you go, when am Education I going to bounce that so out? Education is so fucking expensive in this country. Yes, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. I, I don't know how people can call it a democracy when you force people to, I mean, is it, it's absurd. What's it like in Europe? Oh, you don't pay for school like that in anywhere College? else in the world, really. Yeah, in Canada a bit, and in the UK it's getting a bit more expensive. You pay like a small fee to enroll, but no, that's it's just absurd to them. Like especially in Europe, where it's very Republican, and France is very Republican model. You know, I went to like what was considered an expensive school because it was like a small private, like fancy school, and it yes. was two hundred euros for the year, and that was because I enrolled in Social Security as well through them, healthcare, Jeez. everything. Wow. God damn it, America. Yeah. Yeah. I actually also like the idea of like apprenticeship. I think putting people yeah. with a mentor and in the real world mm -hmm. and more hands-on would, mm -hmm. would keep, make people more prepared for what yeah. they're getting into as opposed to you're just in lecture halls and slideshows with laser pointers and then you just get kicked out and you, you need like five, ten years to adjust to what life really is. It's kind of a bubble world that, that we're educating people in. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, Where'd you get? You guys went to college together? You and I be son. College, yeah, you and I And don't sleep on Chaparral High School, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Home of the killers. The killers. At least yeah. half of them. Yeah, half of them. They're starting to graduate kids again. That's good news. Yeah, um, our school back in the day was a glory day school back in the day. When Chaparral opened in Vegas, that was kind of a rich school, a suburban school, dominated in sports, never in basketball, but football's what really matters. And uh, was great at that, at that and baseball and soccer and was a and volleyball was a powerhouse and smart kids came there and a couple other celebrities came out of there Mark Slaughter, Mark Slaughter. Uh, Mark, uh, what's the uh, Joey Slotnick who was on a sitcom in the eighty or nineties NBC whatever um, but we were a good school and then it started gradually declining and because when you guys arrived yeah. but we're not well it was we about halfway let's see Steve's a year younger than me. Mm -hmm. I remember my first day of my senior year, September of 95, looking at a lot of kids trying to be gangsters. And just, I saw this this little kid with his hair slicked back, every two seconds doing this with like a, uh, uh, like a comb that he, in his head, convinced himself was a blade. You just want it, you know in his head, he's like, yeah, this blade, like, no, that's just a comb, dummy. It's not mm -hmm. a comb blade, it's just a comb. So stop being that cool. And he walked silly, trying to prove something, and I go, I'm so glad I'm getting out of here now. And then within three years, it was um, a mess and considered the, one of the worst schools in uh, Southern Nevada. And then a couple years ago, it's hilarious, basically Lean On Me happened. They got a new principal who got rid of, fired the whole staff and said you can reapply at the end of the year for your job. But Damn. I think only like 40% made it. Damn. And he like put what, gates on the, uh, on the uh, walls there, keeping people out. And he had to reform the whole school. Wow. But that was like a fallen school. That school was what everyone everyone wanted to go there. Yeah. And then it became no one wanted to go there and became a punchline. And then, yeah, man, the dude basically is like my man Morgan Freeman. Lean on me. <laughs> going, going out there with a bat. Going, they used to call me Crazy Joe. Now they call me Batman. And so uh, that's insane. But I respect the dude. I want to meet him. I think I'm going to be in Vegas in the fall, and I'm going to go to a football game, man. And I want to shake the dude's hand and say thank you for cleaning up my school. Because I still have more pride towards my high school than UNLV, even though I love yeah. UNLV. Everyone in Vegas went to UNLV. But your school was your school. That was your place. That's my school, and I have pride in that, man. Yeah. And I want it to be good. But now, yeah, we went to UNLV, and then you go to these classes, and what do you really retain? I took astronomy. Do you think yeah. I know where a fuck any star is? 
Got an yeah. A in the class, yeah. son. Bop, bop. You know why? Because you could buy the notes. Right. Yeah. I bought the fucking notes. So I find my I really wanted to take classes after I graduated. I was like, yeah. I wish I could take a class on this. I've been yearning oh, for that now. I just now as graduated. Well. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. And but but you just cram for things when you're in yeah. it. Yeah. It's just midterms and but finals and papers. That's, and that's the system it. failing us. You know, like yeah. that's the way those institutions are set up is to make you cram and absorb a bunch of concrete information in ways that don't really fix to our minds, and then that's it. The only real learning is living and failing. That's that's how you learn, you, or in being interested in something, mm-hmm. right? I know a lot about sports. You know why? Because there's t- too many years of no one wanting to hang out with me, <laughs> and me watching and reading almanacs and stuff like that, and learning about music like that, so I know a shitload of it. But when you tell me, hey, you should learn about the inner structures of Turkey's government, dude, I don't know about that, but if mm-hmm. I'm getting quizzed on it in a week, I'll fucking ace it, yeah. and then won't know shit. Right. I won't be able to tell you if Turkey has a premier, a president, prime minister, king, or some dude named Bubba. That's it. But, and that's how we learn. Yep. Yeah. I'm you, becoming Regis here. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> Go ahead, Gomez, and then we're going to shift. You were talking about um, apprenticeships. Yeah. I almost think we get it kind of backwards. We have kids go to school, and then we have them go to college, and then we have them go to work. I almost think it would be better if they went to high school and then went to work for like two or three years. Right. And in the process of doing that, they figured out, okay... Now I know what I don't want to do with my life. Now I better get a better idea of what I want to do with my life and then go back to college. Yeah. yeah. That would be And get, have the maturity to, you know, be able to take things more seriously or actually right. absorb information, pick good classes. Right, yeah. right, right. What you were saying? Well, man, I changed my major. I was going to be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to be a filmmaker. <laughs> and then I was going to be a teacher again. And then my buddy's mom, who's a teacher, goes, what are you going to teach? I'm like, I want to teach history or government. Oh, and she goes, are you going to coach sports? I go, no. <laughs> yeah, you should change your major. <laughs> because that's what all the coaches do. I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm like, don't they teach PE? Yeah, there's three PE teachers. They need the rest. The rest of them are going to eat up history. So um, is there anything else you want to do? I like <laughs> writing. Okay. What, what do you guys want to eat tonight? Fried chicken? Okay, that sounds great. And so that was the, and then at the next day I'm changing my major. Jeez. But it's weird because when you change your major too late... You lose all these credits and shit. Yep. Yeah. Then you're in limbo, yeah. purgatory, which I didn't even know existed back then. That's how bad of a half Catholic I was. <laughs> but um, again, I want to shift gears now. This is good. Yeah. This is like a meaning of life episode. Yeah. All right, and we could we could maybe do some more meaning of life later. But now uh, let's have open season. Dissect my dude here about growing up with the kid. <laughs> let's go. Well, what what was it like growing up with? Uh, good with, opening questions. The, the right <laughs> opening question. Was he was he the similar personality he was now? What you are seeing right now is basically the James Mattern that we knew Woo! back in high school. You called him James. We called him James, Jamie, Mad Dog. It depended on the year, I guess, <laughs> before I left town. But yeah. Don't forget the nickname Sloppy. That Sloppy. Was around Sloppy. Yeah, that's right. Sloppy. Reese, Watt, uh, Reese Mitchell. I still, I still owe you one for that. So you're you're not surprised that he became a comedian? Uh, I'm surprised that, well, he came here. I knew he had dreamed of coming here. And I was apprehensive when I heard he was moving here because, you know, New York is a tough place. And even not having ever visited here, um, just know how competitive of an environment this is, and I'm like, I hope, I hope he makes it, but I don't know about his odds. And here he is, all these years later, still, uh, still getting after it and kicking ass. I'm quite impressed, actually. Thank you, brother. Still mm-hmm. making two thousand a month. Hey. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when did you move to New York? Oh, uh, I got here March third, two thousand and six. Like oh. a gentleman, but I was sick as a dog the night before I left, 
And really? so the, I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can get on the plane. But I think that was nerves. Yeah. 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 And I told my mother, because I stayed my last week with her. And he's like, I don't know if I can go. And she goes, well, you stay. And I'm like, then what's going to happen after that? Everyone's said goodbye to me. I'm going to look like a chicken shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up sick. And then uh, I had to perform sick that week. I used to have like two shots before I went on stage and a beer on stage. And so I was sick performing at open mics and sober. And I go, this is the best thing ever happened because now I know I don't need a drink. Mm. So that, that was the opening salvo. Was, was he a class clown type of guy? Oh, man, he was a riot. The man was like him. Out of control. I'm sure he was well-behaving class. I knew him way more out of class. Yeah, mm. I don't know. We had, uh, well, we had journalism together. Yes, journalism we had. Yes, he, was, he, was, uh, he was a ball of fire every single day. <laughs> Our teacher hated me. Well, she liked me, but kind of hated me. Yeah. Because I would always ask to go to the bathroom just to wander. I would go into other people's classes and, like, hold court. <laughs> like, I would split, man. I'd be like, Miss Royball, I got to go to the bathroom. And she'd be like, okay. I did this all year. And then I'd just go into, like, Mr. Johnson's math class. <laughs> but what up, dude, man? You heard the new Pixies album, man? And the new, uh, what do you think about this, man? And just hang out at other classes. And then finally, like the last week or two of school, there's no bullshit. Miss Royball, I really have to go to the bathroom. I'm not buying it, Mattern. I really got to go to the bathroom. I had to hold my pee for an hour and a half because we had block like classes, like yeah. two-hour classes. Jeez, and you yeah. got the diabetes. Yeah. Early forms of diabetes. <laughs> yeah. There's all the origins yeah. of <laughs> That's where diabetes started because Roy Ball wouldn't let me piss. Later saw her about yeah. two years later yeah. at a U2 concert. She oh, was yeah. drunken as a sailor. Awesome. Go figure. Asking about a student. Ooh. Oh, I think she had a little. Boy, I should be using names. Who gives a shit, man? <laughs> we take chances. Lots of life, baby. So if you knew more out of school, let's get some stories. Where were you guys? What's the hang? Where are you guys oh, going to man. hang? We were hang all over the doing? place. We, we often met up. We had like, like a large group of friends. Yes. And I mean, we met up. We'd meet up at people's houses. We'd have house parties. House parties were insane. Were you guys wild? Did you drink a lot? And oh, now, you weren't drinking much back in high school or really, college. Not really. I waited, I waited until I was in college myself to start drinking. But I don't remember if you guys were drinking very much. I wasn't paying attention. Little bit. Little bit. In oh, high school? Little bit. Remember, we, my crew initially, there was like a core. We had a group called, all right. There was a group ahead of us, class of 95, I'm 96, called the Fellas. We were associate members of the Fellas. Our dear friend, Ryan, said, we're a subgroup, we're called the Pimps. Which is ironic, because <laughs> not a single one of us was a pimp. We were getting our hearts stepped on by the ladies, <laughs> left and right, for the most part. I had a decent run senior year, all right? And uh, we'll get to that in a second. But we were the Pimps, but there was only like a handful of us. It was me, my boy Slim Jim, Ryan, Pimp Peterson, who were named after, who <laughs> hung out four times all senior year. <laughs> Disappears, like, no, just just out of nowhere, just leave you. 50, 50 steps ahead of you, it, crazy. And then we added Gomez and my yeah. friend Balmer. Balmer. They became members at the end. A couple other guys were up for membership. Got the bump. <laughs> <laughs> they, got pun- they got kicked out, baby. We, kicked, we punted them. Oh, wow. And so... Uh, was there a hazing process? No yeah, hazing. this is intense. But it was like... Like, I remember beginning of senior year, Ryan goes, I'm thinking of bringing in uh, Vollmer and Gomez. And it was like four <laughs> months till they were like reached status and shit. It was, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. No one got hazed or any of that so nonsense. So when you said the last few months of your life have been like a mafia movie, you really meant your whole life. My right. whole life has <laughs> been that. Oh, if you didn't grow if, come on, 20% no. Italian, but in my heart, 152. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was our crew. Yeah. And... Um, so we hung out with them and we went to the, the, the house parties and all that 
And then, but oh, senior year, we lost all those dudes, the fellas. And we didn't like that many people in 97. We liked Gomez and like two other people. And so we hung out a lot with class of 98, mm. which may uh, took our senior stock down a little, but we didn't give a shit. And we hung out with a lot of those cats. Mm. And they were just more chill and that. And so, yeah, we were kind of off the grid a little bit, but we were doing our own thing. Yeah. Was there, growing up in Vegas, is there like a stigma that we have to be crazy? We're like growing up in a crazy town? No. No? That's, everyone else thinks that. Yeah. Ah. Everything's normal to you if you grow up there. But you know how the rest of the world is viewing you. Yeah. Not really. Unless mm. you've been around there. Remember, yeah. I was born and raised there. I had family in western New York. And so okay. I go there for summers. It's like my second hometown. Mm -hmm. But like you don't really... I mean, you're still a kid. You don't understand that people have to leave bars at one or two. That people... I mean, it doesn't dawn on you. People aren't betting on football games legally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't... Like, like I was betting in seventh grade. I would send money to my aunt... And she would put it in a parlay cart. And I almost won so many times, but the 49ers kicker's an asshole. When did they make prostitution legal in Nevada? Was that, was that when you guys were growing up? Was that a case? The case? But never in Vegas. Not in Clark uh, County, no. Nah. Clark County, no, no, no. Yeah, really. But you can go to Pahrump. Pahrump. An hour was an hour away. An hour Sounds away. Sounds like it would have. Yeah. Fireworks and hookers. Wow. We would go to Pahrump and Moapa to get our fireworks. <laughs> Yeah. Because you've been there for some of our 4th of July's, right? We're blowing shit up. Oh, yeah. Way out in the middle of nowhere. No one's checking. Did you see? Were you there when an M40 from uh, Mexico went off in my hand? I'm bleeding at Vince Separano's house the whole night as I'm trying to get with this girl named Jenny. I'm like, so Jenny, what are you doing this week? Uh, I, I don't know. Probably going to hang out with a guy who's not bleeding all over my fucking nice 4th of July dress. Oh, the blew up in my hand. How do I still got fingers? I don't know. It's insane to me. Are you guys seeing tourists or adults coming in, getting all fucked up? Is that in your face? We're so off the strip. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I worked on the strip for a little bit. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like that image of Vegas. And we see the same thing with Seattle. Seattle's got that reputation of like coffee and grunge and tech and blah, blah, blah. And it's kind of like an exaggeration of what you really see on the ground floor. I mean, on the Strip, I mean, you see tourists, and some of them are drunk, but for the most part, it's kind of chill, I mean, mm -hmm. compared to what you think it would be. Well, yeah, yeah, I just picture debauchery all yeah. the time. Yeah. And we're not picking it up at a young age, though. Like, when right. we go to the Strip to hang out, it seems like the cool thing to do, but you're going to, like, the Excalibur to play video games and <laughs> stupid games where you're, you're throwing the, the ball to, uh, at, like, a clown, some <laughs> yeah, nonsense like that, so you can win a teddy bear that you don't even want, but yeah. you just have nothing else to do. That was You've also, James, described growing up in a, in a household that was a little out there. I don't know what. Yeah, well, grandparents, uh, mother in and out. Uh -huh. um. <laughs> what did you, were you ever going to hang out at his house? I don't know if you ever went to the house. The house, no. And I knew. Is that something you did on purpose, keeping people away yeah. from the. Only a few people came here and there. It got to the point one time people would bring people to my house. And I'm not even there, which would be crazy. I don't know how my grandfather, old school dude, handled it. Uh -huh. But there'd be like six people in the back, two strange girls. But I think he was happy. He was like, oh, all right, there's some broads here. <laughs> Pops would him. be in just like his shorts on the chair. Every dad that I knew did that. Yeah. Especially if they had, were a little overweight. Or a lot overweight, let's be honest. But like always just balls hanging out on the chair reading the paper. Which is going to change everything now. Now no one's reading papers. So no one's friends are going to have that great experience. <laughs> yeah. of I get to finally come to your house and 
and play your PlayStation and hang out and we can chill out and see what happens. But oops, I gotta see pops and belly and balls. <laughs> I mean, now, now he's just like on his iPad or something. He's on right. his iPad. Probably got some nice robe now because everyone can get a good robe for nothing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Good robes. The, pr- the prices of robes have <laughs> drastically fallen. Dime a dozen now, Lydia. It's ridiculous. And so that was a big thing back in the day. Yeah. You gotta go see someone's naked dad. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. And not very many families, too. Not many, very many houses you go to. There were like a few places mm. we could go. And it was kind of like your deal where it's just like, it, well, you weren't necessarily welcome at most people's homes. But yes. like, some dads or moms were cool and you just hung out at those places. Yes. Now, both you guys left Vegas. Got out, baby. Is that something you guys always wanted to do? I got to get out of here? Or was there, did you, growing up, did you think you were going to? You left You left there? before me, right? I left in 04. That's right. And uh, yeah, it turns, I'm kind of surprised when I go back and I see friends and family who actually love living there mm. and want to be there because growing up, so many of us were, couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. Yes. Yeah. Find a better place to go and live. And I mean, that was the dream for a lot of us growing up. And so, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, Seattle kind of hit the radar a couple of years before I moved and I'm, I'm glad I moved, I, I enjoy living up there. But I mean, that was, that was the thing, that was the goal. It's like Vegas, if you're not into drinking and partying and gambling, it's just kind of a hole. It's like Tucson, Arizona with casinos and slot machines. <laughs> wow. But I think so many like people growing up in high school and stuff in, in towns and especially like small towns, I guess, or shitty suburban towns have that like we got to get out. We got to get out. Whatever. Uh, and you feel weird. Like there's plenty of people happy there. I mean, we got friends who are very happy living in that life, but it's just like not for some of us. Mm-hmm. Some of us are left brain yeah. and needed more than what we grew up in. Like like people ask like, do you like being from Vegas? I'm like, I like it more now. I have more pride towards my hometown. Yeah. Now. I've been gone yeah. almost a decade. Yeah. And when I go back, I do have fun. But to live there, I go crazy. But I go, if I lived in New York City, I'd probably want to get the fuck out of here by now. Yeah. I've been feeling that. that I should get away. I feel it now, eight and a half years. And I still say it's the best city probably in the world. But it's like, man, I could, I could probably fuck with Austin for a couple years or San Fran if there was mm-hmm. work out there. Yeah. Are you yeah. from New York? Yeah. Yeah. You? No, I grew up in Connecticut and Vermont. Okay. So New England. Yeah, but I couldn't wait to get the fuck out. I mean, I left the house at 16 and... Oh, wow. Well, Connecticut. I never, never went back. Let's yeah. be real. That's a shitty, a I, shitty... I think the night I met you, <laughs> I, just, I I went into my whole Connecticut diatribe. Yeah, I don't <laughs> remember. Right. Tell remember? me. To stay with no pride. As a comic, yeah, I, I lie true. a lot. Yeah. And be like, oh, it's great to be here and so-and-so, so-and-so. And everyone in that town... And when you're in Connecticut, no one believes you because they don't believe it themselves. We don't really have anything. You know, there's no, like, identity. There's no nothing. We don't have any, like, city or activity or shit going on. So. That's it. That's true. And, um, yeah, it'll be like, hey, it's great to be here in Torrington, Connecticut. And everyone in Torrington is like, get me the fuck out. Yeah. Get me on the Metro North with you. I'll do whatever. It's, it's, there's no pride. Yeah. Because you're, you know, I said this, Connecticut's kind of New York and kind of Boston. Because mm-hmm. right. you could say New England, but mm-hmm. New England is basically six or five and a half states of Boston. It's it's all a suburb of Boston. They're all Boston. They all got that accent. You go no up to, way. You go up to Maine, they got the shit. Everyone's wearing their, their Red Sox hats. They all fucking still talking about Nomar, even though he hasn't played with them for like no 27 ma. years. And everyone's grandma wanted to bang Bobby Orr or Yaz or, or <laughs> did bang them both. Let's be honest about that shit. Hand jobs to Kevin McHale. Um... <laughs> Which is Upstate great. New York, you see. Thank you for miming hand job, by the way. <laughs> Not just hand job. I was uh, driving up to Montreal, used making some stops in upstate New York. You see Boston uh, Red Sox hats. 
But yeah, there's there's border because they're right there they're right, by New yeah. England. And um, some of them are jaded towards the Yankee. Yankee fans are pretty annoying. <laughs> I, I am a reformed Yankee fan uh, baseball. I'm a Mets yeah. fan. Yeah, I, I, I'm okay with the Mets. Um, as you, everyone knows, I'm a baseball atheist for the most part. If I have to have a team, it is the Dodgers because I like Gasiel Puig mm. and I like old ass Vince Scully and uh, they're just and Don Mattingly. But are you a, are you a God fearing man, James? I oh, I like this. We just made a little curve. My homegirl right here. I love this girl. Um, You've been dancing around it a little bit today. Do I believe in God? Yeah. I, I think there's... Oh God, I feel like there's an answer everyone does. I think there's something out there. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. I well, think there's... What I'm about programmed you? to think a little bit that there's something out there and that there's something... I really do, in my head for years, I believe reincarnation makes sense. Mm. And I feel if we really get the life right... We go somewhere higher, and I think that's a low percent. I, I really think the model of uh, defending your life with Albert Brooks makes a lot of sense, but uh, I also involve all species in that. So I feel like if you're a shitty, di- like I feel like Charles Manson is probably going to come back as a th- like an ant and have to work his way back up to being a human. Yeah, and mm. I think some oh, that's people interesting to put humans above yeah. other species like that. I think it's a buildup, and then when you get to human, if you do a great job then you can go to like a heaven or whatever's another species another place that's higher that somewhat makes sense to me and you believe in like some sort of divinity or like uh, you were saying everything happens for a reason something like that i do know, believe so a plan i i guess so it's a we still have to make decisions like i said i don't want anyone thinking i don't uh, right just be an asshole because that's oh it's just it's supposed to be no you're supposed to make decisions and learn from the bad decision that's part of amorphity you know that you trust fate but you also learn from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess in a way, things are supposed to happen. I don't, but I don't think like whoever's out there, if there's a God, wrote a script. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, um, Lydia will be asking James this at 1.29. <laughs> and we got to start wrapping up. But we'll go. We, Wait, we Lydia, her. do you believe in God? No. No? Did you grow up? No, 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 not at all. No. My mom's like kind of spiritual in like a hippie, vague, ambiguous way, you know? Um, but no, not really. Complete atheist. Yeah. No, I, I understand what, what people, I think I understand what people refer to as God, you know, um, and what that is, but I think it's just um, like uh, collective consciousness, you know, mm-hmm. that we have, like, we think our thoughts and our experiences are our own, and yet there's tons of space between us, and there's lots of science to prove that as well, you know. Uh, maybe it's dark matter, who knows? But that there's this thing that we can kind of tap into, and people call that God because they haven't really, we haven't really known better. And that's that's you know it's fine, I guess. But that's I think what I would. Um, so I don't think we're all just like uh, loners without any <laughs> any sort of conne- possible connection. I think it's actually more empowering to think that it's us, you yeah. know, that like. Well, no, I think I probably believe something very yeah. similar to that. Well, that's this. What, uh, why did that question come up in the middle of that? What, 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 what was going on in your head that you thought that that was important? I don't know. That? I don't know. You were dancing around it before, I guess, that the everything happens for a reason. I guess, then, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, like I said, I, I went to Catholic uh, church. I didn't like it. I uh-huh. never understood it. I didn't like the whole fire and brimstone. I yeah. didn't understand half the words coming out of the priest's mind. And I said it before, uh, maybe it's because deep down I knew I had Jewish blood in me. And so it was like, well, this is nonsense. <laughs> But I don't, I don't believe in any set religion. I, I think the golden rule is the way to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like I said, I think reincarnation makes sense logically. I do think souls really? make sense. Yeah, I think logically? souls make sense. Yeah, I think souls make sense to me. 
I think soul's moving on. Just like this sort of kernel of essence in you or something? Yeah, that's why when someone's sick, like when my grandfather was sick for like two years and people want to, you know, uh, we're, oh, he's, what are we going to do when he's gone? Like, he's kind of gone now. He's got a bad, he's renting. You got to look at it. We're, these bodies are our apartments. We're renting them. And eventually mm. they're going to get run down and, mm. and be slumlordish. And <laughs> so it's like, well, let him move on to the next apartment. You know, we won't mm. be there, but maybe eventually we all send up. But what, end if up in the same next, building. what if his next apartment is in the rest of us that he's affected? You know, like your experience. Right. Oh, certainly. Your experience of him God, and everyone else's on space. Yeah. Right? Because we can have an effect on space as well. Very much. No. I'm going to say this. Have we ever done this? Open invitation, Lydia. Open invitation on this show. Yeah? <laughs> Anytime. You oh, can hell you're yeah. in a bump, motherfuckers. Awesome. You're in. It's like your high school club. No you hazing. just Skype me in every week. You're right. 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 <laughs> If I'm not around, and she is guest host. I'm her right hand. Oh, I would love that. Right, well, you, you, you do whatever you want. Yes, you would be the right hand. I think they have to with the whole feminism thing. Or you'd be fucked up. I'm just going to say, the fair. seniority, and, and you being the co-host, you should be bumped to one. But then I'm like, oh, no. <coughs> then it looks like some sexist shit. <laughs> I could never accept to be in an inferior position. <laughs> That's why we love you. All right. Uh, any closing comments? Gomez, anything? Wait, Gomez, Gomez, Gomez. Believe in, believe Tell in us God? your favorite yes. story of. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, let's do the God and then the favorite story. Everyone. Then we got to wrap it up. God. Okay. I I grew up with a Catholic uh, father and a born again Baptist mother. I'm oh, more shit. of a. Yeah, I know. Reformed. Uh, I'm agnostic. I straight up don't know. I'm more of a humanist. I think we are whatever world it was we make for ourselves. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. God damn it. You get to the re- point. <laughs> <laughs> he just. He speaks like a poem. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize I, I booked Robert Frost. To talk <laughs> <about>. <laughs> um, so what's your favorite story about James? Oh, man. Oh, no. Should I tell this? Oh, God, you're going to have to. I don't know what you're about to say, Gomez. <laughs> do it. How much, do it. How much time do we have? Come. Enough time for that story. What do we got? Who's coming in? They're coming in in like 15 minutes. Okay. All right. We got, all right yeah. Hit it up, and if we got to cut you, we'll cut you. And if it's someone who <laughs> starts a fight, I'll punch you. Don't worry about it. I got okay. you, baby. Okay, we're at a pool party. We're having a pool party. And, uh, oh, my God. Oh, you were at that one, huh? Dudes, yes. Mm. Dudes are like, we we have a pool. Dudes are jumping off the awning into the pool. Great times. Guys start one-upping each other. So they're like getting naked and jumping in the pool. They're like flapping balls and everything. A lot of flapping balls. James gets this idea. Yo, I heard. I heard that if you take a Tabasco sauce... (laughs) Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and stick it in your pecker. It'll, like, make it hard. I don't remember the details, but he's like, I'm going to try it. Well, because all these guys are either to impress the four girls at this party. Uh, we're, we're jumping off a roof. They're either, either doing flips, cannonballs, and then that's uh, everyone's doing that. And you're like, you know, I'm just going to take Tabasco sauce. and. <laughs> well, no, dudes then are, are taking their pants off and mooning, or they're jumping in, like, hoops and shit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I said, fuck that. I'm going to top everyone. <laughs> and I'm going to go naked and catch a hoop with my penis. Uh-huh. But, of course, it's a little chilly. And um, that, well, and you're in water. Excuse. Okay. And so it's like. Um, what am I going to do? What you're do I do? a teenage boy. I've been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. And I figured <laughs> that point that Larry David did not introduce anything that wasn't known. Uh, as for fact so go on go man so, so I, yeah I, I brought up the tabasco i'm like so if i put the tabasco on my pecker it's gonna get hard real quick i'll get to do my trick hey t i think it was t's house tj Fogarty, tj Fogarty. music yes these styles t you got any tabasco sauce why just you know you got it all right he, he takes the sauce he goes up on the roof and takes the sauce 
tries it. It's not working, of course. Not at all. And he's like, what the, what the fuck am I going to do? He's got to hurry. They're like, Jay, Mad Dog, where you at? And he's like, okay, I got to do something. He takes the sauce and just like starts jerking himself with it, apparently. Yes. In the process of doing so, he gets some of this Tabasco sauce in his pee hole. <laughs> and the very next moment, the very next thing we know, Mad Dog is flying off of the awning <laughs> into the pool, screaming, it burns! <laughs> it burns! <laughs> <laughs> He gets out of the pool. A mess. He goes, Gee, I gotta go, man. I'm not feeling good. I was <laughs> fucked up like a gone. like a soup sandwich. Yeah. Oh man, I love that. But you, but here's something you didn't see up uh, on the roof. <laughs> Initially though, uh-huh. I tried to not do that. Yeah. I wanted to get fluffed. So, uh-huh. so I had a friend of ours who's a very good looking girl, and she only getting better with age every time I see her. Yeah. But she had no. She really lacked confidence then. Yeah. And I was like, Melissa, please fluff me. I didn't mean her to like give me a hand job or blow me, but just say something sexy. <laughs> and um, she, this is what she tried to get me an erection. She goes, Imagine you have the hardest dick. Your dick is so hard. I'm like, How are you getting my dick hard by me thinking about having right. a hard dick? Like that is not what I'm wanting. Like, like. Just say something sexy. You're good looking, bro. I've seen you sing White Snake at karaoke and it's unbelievable. Yeah. Woo, son. And she doesn't do that, so I'm like, bring me the hot sauce. And <laughs> hot sauce, like, and uh, put a finger up my pecker or on my ass. That's what it was. Oh. That's that scene, That's Porno Gill, second episode ever, uh. Kirby Enthusiasm. And then it's like, ah! Uh. And then you try jerking off with it too, and it's, ah! Uh, pee hole, a uh, butthole, and you're a mess, and then. You you feel like you're uh what you would call it Yosemite Sam. My biscuits are burning, and then the, you jump in the water thinking it's gonna help you, and chlorine plus um, Tabasco. Tabasco on your genitals does not work. Oh. <laughs> and um it was a rough night, and I then went drove all the way to North Las Vegas, forty minute drive, and laid on my bed for an hour and a half contemplating going to Quick Care because I had insurance there because <laughs> I worked in a union yeah. and. I was like, what the fuck do I tell the doctor? Just man it on. And I did. That was a good story. We oh never told that You on did this? go wow. to the doctor? No, I didn't. I just uh, uh, I stayed home uh, and then told Jimmy, who I live with, Slim yeah. Jim, my brother. Yeah. And he's like, what, the, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> do I have to babysit you? Did it hurt when you peed? Like, did the Tabasco? Yeah, roll? any ramifications? <laughs> I'm trying to think if it did initially or not. But it, it just, it, it really hurt for a long yeah. time. It's not design to happen <laughs> you're not supposed to they gotta put, put a warning on that label yeah. don't put in your pee hole so larry david you how could dare sue you? them right yeah, yeah. 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 Bob Odenkirk, he's gonna get it well this has been a great episode um steve gomez thank you uh, anything thank you, you want to plug oh shit i'm in seattle i do clown and improv theater look uh, for steven gomez there's not many gomez's in seattle it's pretty white so yeah, you tell them honkies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Come and see me. Come and find me. I'll Come be and around. Find the Gomez. Yeah. Bench. The best of BS on Twitter. Always the best. Always the best of BS. <laughs> uh, but check out all of Stand Up New York Labs, all our podcasts. We got the promo code LUST for all our fans out there. Half off tickets to Stand Up New York shows every night of the week. Amazing shows, top talent. Spread the love, spread the word. Uh, and just be be nice. Be nice because you don't know. We don't know what the afterworld is. Exactly. You might come back as a grasshopper if you're a dick. Be grateful. Nah. Be, grateful. Be, grateful. Be, grateful. be grateful. Yes, exactly. Be grateful. 
You know what, Andy, uh, when we mix this down, that, yeah, Beastie Boys gratitude. That's what we're going to close with because of that. All right? That's good. Lydia, my dear, anything? I'll plug my next appearance on the show okay. with <laughs> anticipation. Hopefully we get one more. I mean, we have the one-year anniversary of actually our 52nd episode next week. I think I have a special idea if we can pull it off. So you'll probably be a part of That'd that. That'd be exciting, yeah. And then we'll get to the next week, and it's just me and Benji and some dude named Phil, but who cares? Um, Good old Phil. Always thank you. Um, Mad love to everyone here, man. Check me out, uh, James L. Mattern on Facebook and the Twitter. Check that shit out. Um, get in the Ring podcast should be out by the time you listen to this. If not, just wait a week or two. The Guns N' Roses podcast with my cousin Tim Warner. That shit is real deal. Holy Phil. Watch Bustin' Balls on the YouTubes every day, man. My sports videos, minute and a half. They're crazy. Mad love to Andy in the booth. Andy, you are a star. That's a killer song. That's Sheffield High School. Boom, boom. Mad love to Minnesota John Fatigate, executive produced. Mad love to Super Trap, executive produced. Mad love to Catchatory, associate executive producer. We might be getting the star enough. of uh, You're the Worst on the show as a guest because of Catchatory. If that That's happens, I promise up. on the air, executive producer. Three-headed monster. Reincarnated. Reincarnated. Back as executive he is not producer. coming back as a rogue. Um, Mad love to Donnie. Gabe, everyone is standing in the open. It's my home club. Keep it real, my peoples. Be who you is. Until next time, we are all worth a million in prizes. I don't know why they do that. Bless the life.